0: Hi everyone, welcome back to our EmpowerEd podcast and for today I will be um, interviewing one of the people that, I've been, that I have been working with in terms of advocating for technology integration in teaching and learning and I'm really happy to have him. Hi everyone. Okay, so Nico has been a teacher um, he has been with me in Savior School for how many years? This will be my fourth year in okay. teaching in Xavier. It's his fourth year but interestingly it's not Xavier, it's not his first job. Um, Nico, maybe Nico could tell us something more about himself as an educator and teacher.
1: So Nico, so after I graduate, uh, I immediately uh, went to Teach for the Philippines, so I taught in the public school for 2 years, specifically grade 3 in Kapitbahen Elementary School, Navot- Navota City. So I've been teaching for almost 6 years now, and in the past, I taught Araling Panlipunan, Filipino, and surprisingly, Math. I taught Math in grade yeah. 3. Um,
0: for our audience, for those who do not know, can you tell us
1: something about what Teach for the Philippines is all about? Uh, So, Teach for the Philippines is a non-profit organization. Um, It's been around the Philippines for five years. Uh, But it has some other organization, it's Teach for All. But basically, this organization is partnered with DepEd. And um, they are sending or recruiting um, young professionals to teach in the public school. And then the organization will train these young professionals and. Even fresh graduates, um, even if they are not uh, education, education majors, um, the, the organization gives them the opportunity to teach in the public school whether they are needed in that in that city or in that province. So now we are actually in different parts of the Philippines teaching both grade school, high school, and even the ALS uh, system.
0: Um, I want to pick up on that experience before we dive deeper into what's happening right now. Um, in your education um, career. Um, Teach for the Philippines really focuses on, you know, uh, they're a non-profit organization that, you know, uh, serves to help the the current, the Philippine education system. Um, What has been the most inspiring part of of being a fellow,
1: a former fellow of Teach for the Philippines? Maybe one of the most inspiring uh, moments, maybe in being a teacher fellow is that um, when you are there in the system itself, uh, I think you always remember the why's on why you are teaching and why I'm still there teaching and now still teaching. And we can see that it's not about me making the in the catalyst of change, but maybe understanding how the system works, how the public school system works, and that in our simple ways, we can help the system And so when I was teaching in Navotas, um, we also had our passion project, specifically the the Dream Read project. So I was involved together with my team, the Navotas team, the five of us, we developed a specialized reading remedial program in order for the students in grades 2 and 3 to have the extra sessions after school uh, to help them read. And in fact, we had a study after that, uh, using different strategies. Uh, we, alre- we already have some some, pro- uh, some t- students, they improvement. gain improvement in reading. So, it, both in English and Filipino. So
0: oh, that's a very interesting, that's, I think that's a great uh, work that you do on top of mm-hmm. um, the, the teaching load that you were given. And I think um, right now, just to be very, very honest, um, we are on the process of really processing um, the PISA results uh-huh, uh- uh, for the Philippines and the Philippines found itself at the bottom right for reading literacy second to the last in reading right. uh, No, in, in mathematics right. and yeah. science and you know hearing your your passion project um, a few years ago that really focuses on you know, um, helping the current ed- the education system helping learners to be better, to learn, uh, to read, actually is, it's very inspiring. Um, yeah. We know that there are a lot of projects like that. And, and for now, I think we need more of those things. We need more of, of educators like you who really wanna go down into the, where, where, where the battle is yeah. happening and then, and then really uh, put forward something that could help everyone. Um, just a disclaimer, this is not a paid advertisement by <laughs> <laughs> Teach for the Philippines, but you know um, It's really important to talk about how different nonprofit organization serves to become, to, to serve to help to become, you know, a help to the education system that Nico and I uh, belong to, right? We are now in a private school. Uh-huh. We teach in a private school, but in the end uh, we always believe that uh, we're also products of the public school system uh-huh. We we also believe in in the idea that you know we only one we only have one education system whether you're in private or public Mm -hmm. we really need to help each other so thank you for sharing your story about um, being part uh, being part of the teach for the Philippines so let's go to your work right now current work right now. just to be honest, Nico has been one of the EdTech leaders, teacher leaders in, in, in Xavier School. Mm-hmm. Um, could you tell us how that you know passion for technology started? Okay,
1: I always believe technology doesn't have to start with gadgets and uh, technology-driven curriculum, but I think um, starting in a public school where I can see the resourcefulness of the teachers, the creativity of the teachers, and Together with that, I when I came here in, in the private school system, um, I think technology also dwells with creativity. And so, when I teach literacy, when I teach Filipino language and literature, I always say to it that I use technology as tools for my students to, to use and for my students to actually appreciate Filipino language and then help them build their literacy skills and at the same time their creativity. Uh, especially uh, in the context of the savior students we have we have these students who are really not good or they have a hard time speaking in filipino because they're not used to using it in their homes and so as filipino teachers um we have to make we have to teach the subject in such a way that it's interesting and more and at the same time it's meaningful and so we devise plans and use technology we carefully use technology for our students to um, to use it and to uh, actually learn or use te- Filipino n- not just wh- what they say uh, a minor subject but something yeah. that they can really appreciate and think that Filipino is a vital uh, cultural aspect as a Filipino. So,
0: yeah. I think just to give a context on what um, Nico has been sharing is, Nico is a Philippine langu- language and literature mm. teacher. Um, and, you know, it's it has been a challenge to teach Filipino, especially right. yes. for the younger generation mm-hmm. right now. And just to be honest, also, when I was studying in the 90s, um, I studied in the province, mm-hmm. Fi- you know, Filipino was not being pushed yes, yes. too much mm-hmm. because we were taught to practice and be good with English because Mm -hmm. English is the language of the learned, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. language of the elite, Mm -hmm. you know, all those kinds of biases and, Mm -hmm. you know, effects of (laughs) colonialism in in the country. A bigger challenge right now, Mm -hmm. when you have students that have been really westernized Mm -hmm. and at home they speak English and when they go to school they have a hard time you know learning and speaking Filipino mm. and it's really been a challenge right and I, I I would really understand that Nico tries to discover different methods approaches strategies that would really engage students and for him it's really you know engaging them with with devices with tools that they are very familiar with all yes. right uh, could you tell us maybe an example of how you use technology tools maybe a sample app or device in a sample lesson mm-hmm. and how you work on that?
1: Teaching Filipino, I always believe, it's not just having these literacy skills like reading and writing. Uh, I always believe that teaching Filipino would empower the students because this is a content subject, so it's easier to synergize with different subjects. So from what I understand is that the, the students, if they use the language that they know that uh, with Filipino, they will be empowered to express their ideas and to do things, to solve problems uh, using their language. Because they use the language as a fairy to their learning, to their knowledge, uh, to, applic- to, have these, or to apply their learnings and skills. Not just into to the language, but having this literacy in action.
0: Mm. Right. And
1: so, uh, what I do is that uh, we use different strategies. We call it Dulog in Filipino or strategies. Dulog? Dulog. So, Dulog is the term for approach or strategy.
0: Okay, so so that's my first time to hear that. (laughs) So, Dulog. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: Dulog, yeah. Dulog are the strategies in, or strategia, strategies in teaching Philippines. And so, when we say literacy in action, is that we empower the students to to solve problems using their language and to actually build and create innovations. on a certain or on a particular topic. So uh, what we did is that during this this year, we had our project-based learning. We particularly discussed the issue on inclusivity together with our Christian living education subject, so a value subject, and then with the different subjects such as the um, mathematics and uh, guidance department. So, together with these subjects, we talked about how we, Xavier School can be more inclusive to the differently abled in the, in the community. And so, these students, instead of just using Filipino to talk about and to discuss about uh, inclusivity topics or maybe um, having them read articles about um, inclusivity or persons with disability, we empower the students to think about solutions and to, to apply what they've read, what they've learned in, in, in these topics. And so actually creating innovative projects and having synergized. It, it's what makes it easier with a content subject as Filipino language and literature, is that it's easier for the students to think about uh, and to apply different learnings in different subject areas. And so, when they come, when it comes to actually learning or actually creating these innovative projects of their own, it's easier for them because they're empowered in the subject or in the language that they are using.
0: So the learning becomes more engaging, mm-hmm. more meaningful yes. because uh, as they learn the skills in Filipino, uh, they get to apply it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that's the idea behind project-based, problem-based learning. Mm-hmm. You know, learning knowledge deep knowledge is retained uh becomes developed if students use their skills the skills that they are learning into a more concrete Mm -hmm. um, application mm. i'm getting also that it's an interdisciplinary Mm -hmm. uh, work that is very much anchored on on inclusivity Mm -hmm. but we see filipino language and literature as really like a core Mm -hmm. subject that pushes uh the process of learning from the beginning Mm -hmm. and then until until the end was it
1: uh, yes be, right? because the topic of the filipino subject would be uh, anchored on pananaliksik or research, research in english yeah. so um we will be providing this the necessary skills for the students to to use a research or to to understand what research is all about and actually applying it in their lives especially as grade 6 students mm-hmm. so training them how to research to to collect um, data to to write different information from the collected data etc and then in uh, it's an also interdisciplinary interdisciplinary other subjects so it's, it's easier for them to devise mm-hmm. uh, innovative projects because they were able to use filipino language in the whole process of the research method.
0: So it's it's really literacy and in, 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 in action. action yes. Yeah. What are your favorite tools or apps that you use in, in your in your class? Okay. Maybe if you could give a f- maybe three to five.
1: Okay. I use boarding books, I'm okay. sure uh, if you've heard about Mister Almario, this yeah. Podcast, so right? we, we had an episode one. in mm-hmm. season
0: one where we mm-hmm. um, where we had um, Agno Almario of Adarna Digital House, um, mm-hmm. the maker, the mm-hmm. developer of Booty Books, talk about. So there's one th- episode of mm-hmm. that, and that's mm-hmm. a very interesting yes, one of our yeah. top um, listened um, podcast yes. actually. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So,
1: Nico is a Bury books user. Yeah, I, I pretty much advocate the use of personalized learning using Bury books because um, using that app, we empower the students to read and to uh, have the appreciation in reading, especially in Filipino. Aside from the use of Bury books, we use uh, collaborative tools like uh, the Google Docs, Um, And pages because we want our students to collaborate, share ideas and information with their classmates. And also we want to use tools such as uh, Keynote because we want our students to have this multimodal approach in sharing also their information or their their thoughts and ideas by not just writing down but also using sketch and also uh, video and... Audios. Audios also. So, that's
0: it. Uh, I think that's a very great approach, like multimodal approach to to learning. Mm-hmm. We always have this idea that you know um, the traditional way is they need to write it, paper mm-hmm. and pen. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also other skills. Mm-hmm. I think, and that has been one of the things that you've been pushing, like um oral skills, communication mm-hmm. yes, other communication, communication skills okay. and then you know speaking in front of people mm-hmm. and I think technology has been very, very helpful mm-hmm. in, in in helping students you know uh, practice the way they speak in front of, of other people mm-hmm. in front of real audience without really you know um, having that kind of risk because mm-hmm. I remember before an oral test would be uh, one big shot like, you, you speak in front of the teacher, mm-hmm. if you make a mistake, mm-hmm. then that's it. Yes. Um, I've, I've listened and I've gone through a lot of students you know, who will practice, video mm-hmm. themselves, and then really critique themselves also. Listen to mm-hmm. themselves so that they can progress before the big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the big oral, oral test uh, happens in front of them.
1: I, yeah. I, I think also one great value of, of having this technology to work with is that the feedback is easier with the use of technology because I also remember before even when I was teaching in the public school um, they, the students they just line up and then I let them talk in front and then uh, sometimes there's a risk on these students being shy or being ashamed if they commit a mistake but with the use of technology is easier for them to express their ideas even in different ways yeah uh, because there's also it's also a valuable aspect of technology that we these students can also express not just speaking but also in different modes of communication and so they can also give feedback to to their classmates or i can give feedback to them using uh for example we also use seesaw we also use uh google classroom so it's easier to give comments to to their work all right um so uh your experience with Technology
0: integration, of course, you know, the successful things that you've been ha- that you've been <coughs> doing did not happen overnight, right? Yes. So, what has been the most challenging part of your, you know, when you started using tech integration? What was the biggest challenge that you encountered or faced, and then how did you uh, work towards overcoming the challenge?
1: The challenge of working with technology, especially as a Filipino teacher, I think we we see as a uh, the filipino subject as maybe a traditional or we the the, the way how we uh, how we used to learn filipino is very traditional in such a way we need to write a lot of things we need to talk in front of class uh, we need to report <laughs> using manila mm-hmm. papers when we yeah. when we were studying before and i think the challenge of using technology is that the risk the the openness of the teachers especially when when I started how would I transform my lessons into something more creative something more technology driven because especially our lessons are rooted or with traditional ways of expressing your, the information or expressing your ideas into writing, like for example, writing on a piece of paper or kathang formal before. it's like a formal theme. formal theme writing. so we have special booklets. And maybe the start that's one challenge that how we, how we create or how we redesign our, our lessons to incorporate technology in it.
0: So. Yeah, and I think it's a very valid, um, it's an experience that is shared by everyone, mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of the subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that first time when you really sit down and think about how you integrate technology, you know, given the, idea, given the fact that you have already, you know, previous idea of mm-hmm. doing this. So, a lot of, I think, openness mm-hmm. into exploring um, the different tools and maybe, you know, risk taking a lot of risk Mm. because you're now going away from what has been the usual Mm. way you know um some people say that that's the most dangerous line we have done this according to this way or the usual Mm. way um yeah why would we change so it really speaks about uh being open you know um it's not really about fixing something Mm -hmm. but it's about elevating you know the bar raising the bar of learning and teaching and i think for Nico i think that's a very uh, that's a very interesting highlight Mm -hmm. like the first time you sit down and then really think about how you would do this Mm -hmm. um and it goes to our audience right now who are very Mm -hmm. interested that's Mm -hmm. a very normal uh, normal feeding that Mm -hmm. idea that you are lost because you're very lost on what you will do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what I've learned from Nico is you know you can really do it if you also surround yourself with people Mm -hmm. like who are very very supportive of what you did. And personally that's what I love about uh, Nico also. Um, He is Mm -hmm. surrounded and he really connects with people Mm-hmm. And Thank just to tell you Nico has been sharing a lot of his experiences right yeah. mm-hmm. um you've you've gone to speak in Edutech in Asia yes. in Singapore I've been to How edu-tech was it?
1: Edutech Asia so I was able to share what we do in, in school especially in the project based in the project based learning and uh, I met a lot of uh, people who are very much interested in in the process and at the same time, I'm also very much connected with alumni and teacher fellows in different countries, in Asia-Pacific. So I also shared what we do, especially in our, uh, in the technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's very important for, especially that if, as a Filipino teacher, we sometimes think that the Filipino is for Philippines only. But I think uh, uh, we need to venture and to to expand our um uh, our expertise and and learn more also from different countries how they teach literacy how they teach their own uh, subjects and lang- and their languages Agigious, yes
0: okay yeah. so we're we're going to wrap up our, our episode right now um, Nico is an edtech coach right now in our school and maybe three things Nico that you could share to our audience right now to our teachers uh, who would like to venture in technology integration.
1: First tip maybe is to find possibilities, explore. Second one is that we need to have a growth mindset that it's okay, don't be too hard on yourself because you will learn eventually. And the last one is you need to collaborate with people who share the same passion with you so that you you will be, you will be able to create a, an environment that thrives in that community in using technology in the classroom all right so thanks so much for those tips nico and we're very much mm-hmm.
0: um thankful for 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 having you here and for really sharing your experience mm-hmm. thank from you, thank the teacher for the philippines and and being an edtech coach right now mm-hmm. so if they wanna do you have a social media account where they can
1: continue to interact with you uh, on twitter maybe twitter and instagram i follow me at Foss of spades it's fos and then of spades so so that's f-o-s-o-f-s-p-a-d-e-s all right so thank
0: you so much for everyone again for listening to our podcast today and we hope that you continue to listen to our other episode and um thank you so much i think that's it thank you goodbye everyone thank you for listening